0: Good morning, good morning everybody. Uh, Before we start today, I'd like to open this up with a word of prayer real quick. Uh, Father God, I just thank you for allowing us to be here today, Lord, giving us a house of worship and a house that we can just praise your name, Lord. I pray, Father God, that the message today, Lord, just speaks to us and that we walk away with a challenge, Lord, that we face the next week and we can do this thing and and conquer the the ways of the world, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So I'm gonna kinda dive right into it this morning. here recently, uh, I just met with a friend of mine. Uh, he's an older gentleman. Uh, he was, he's been saved for many years, and uh, he's found himself in a place where I never thought he would be. As we were talking, he was letting me know that, you know, and this was a guy who anytime I had questions with Scripture, anytime I, I needed prayer, anytime I needed accountability, you know, I could go right to him, and he would minister to me and help me. Well, he's found himself in a place because of the difficulties of life, They've put him questioning things now that I never thought that he would be questioning. So we have been discussing some things, and he told me that he has just allowed fear to enter his life. And he's questioning the promises of God, and he's questioning, you know, why things have happened, and why is God allowing these things to happen, which we know that the devil tries to throw us off our course in order that he can distract us, that he can destroy us, that he can divide us, that he can conquer us, because that's what the devil wants to do. So I try to let him understand that it is fear. When we allow fear in our life, it is the fear that we are anticipating the devil to work. When we move in faith, we are anticipating God to work. So for him allowing fear in his life, he's anticipating that every corner he turns, that the devil is going to act. And he's not allowing faith to move him forward. So today, the title of the message is going to be Revealed Strategies. We're going to talk about the strategies of the devil and how we overcome the strategies of the devil. Today, I want to recognize the things that we need to do in order to overcome our enemy is uh, the first principle to any warfare is you have to know who your enemy is and what he's capable of. There's people out here in the world today that don't even believe the devil exists. And the most powerful enemy is the one that is there that you do not think is there. If you have an enemy that you believe that does not exist, then he's already won the battle. Essentially, there are three enemies that we face every day in the world. I mean, in our world that we walk through. And uh, the first one is the world. You know, the world is the world system. It's its values, its principles. It's what they consider is the morals. And it's ultimately, you know, all against the, 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 it disregards everything of God the way the world is right now. It it's, looks in a very fallen state. Everything that we see on social media, on TV, it's just, it, it, it's unbelievable. It looks completely opposite of God. Next thing that we encounter every day of our life is the flesh. You know, we have sin, we, we have a fallen nature. It is, it is sin that's creeped into all of our lives that has allowed us, you know, that we struggle and we battle with ever since Adam and Eve. And those two enemies wouldn't have any effect or any foothold or any power in our life if it wasn't for the devil. The devil uses both our flesh and the world to attack us. I've heard it said that if I were the devil, I would assemble all my demons in my strategy room. I would give them your phone number, your email address, and your picture. Then I would review with them the weaknesses that you have one by one. I would tell all my minions about your struggles, about your doubts, with, uh, you know, about your doubts in faith, your, your, your doubts and your fears of life. If I were the devil, I would try to rob you of joy on a daily basis. I would keep you up at night, and I would make you feel defeated if I were the devil. But I must have a disclosure here, if you're a child of God, that the devil knows that he can no, never take your salvation because you have been bought with a price. But the one thing he can do is try to rob you of your joy, you know, cheat you of your moment, cheat you of your relationship, that, that he can steal from you, but he can never take your salvation. Then it says, so if I were the devil, I would fill you up with guilt every time you take a step forward. I would fill you with guilt of yesterday, of today, and of decades ago, where you feel like you've come up short. And if that didn't work, I would try my most popular strategy of the day, and that would be distraction. I would distract you with social media, with news, you know, with FaceTime on your phone. FaceTime, just chasing likes, chasing opinions, chasing other people, what they think about you. If I were the devil, I would make you so busy that you would not be able to spend no time with God if I were the devil. This pastor was exposing the strategies of the devil. And if we don't know our enemy, how are we ever going to overcome our enemy? Amen. And we know that all these things are not of God. God would never fill you with guilt. He would never fill you with doubt. He would never rob you of your joy. He would never rob you with your peace. He would not keep you up at night. That is the complete opposite of God. Ephesians 6.12 tells us that for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, and against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. John Phillips says it like this, that our enemies are not people, that we must see beyond people, that Satan may use people to persecute us, to lie to us, to cheat us, hurt us, or even kill us, but our real enemy lurks in the shadows of the unseen world. Moving people like pawns on the chessboard of time. As long as we see people as enemies and wrestle against them, we will spend all of our strength in vain. People are not our enemies. Our co-workers are not our enemies. You know, our family members are not our enemies. Our enemies are from the unseen world. It is demonic attacks on people that try to destroy us and divide us and conquer us. The more we know about the tactics of any enemy, the better we are able to prepare for a defense. And scripture gives us many details of this defense. The first is our enemy is the great deceiver. Amen. Revelation 12.9 says that he's the one who deceives the whole world. 2 Corinthians 4.4 says, Whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe. He does this by camouflage, by perverting and counterfeiting, by trying to imitate the work of God, but do, and he does it very effectively. He is the great deceiver. The devil is a liar, and he will use it, the same tax, the tactics that he used in the garden, even against us. Satan came to Adam and Eve, and he called into question what God placed on eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in Genesis 2. But one thing to, to call out here is when God made a command... He always said, the Lord God. And the devil didn't say, the Lord God. Because he misquoted, he misquoted what God said in Genesis 3.1. He says, has God indeed said that you should not eat of every tree of the garden? He did not place, the Lord God. But Eve corrected that misquote. It says, we may eat of the trees of the garden, but God didn't say that you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. And you must not touch it or you will die. Satan tried again telling them that, that they would not affect, you know, that they would not actually die. That God lied to them in an effort to keep them from becoming as wise as God himself because he deceived them. You know, there's some people that, that are Christians and the devil's deceived them, making them think that they are never going to be good enough. That they fill their, 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 their mind with guilt. That they think that, that if they take one step forward that they're just going to fall one step back. He, he, he manipulates the word of God. I mean, if he's trying to deceive you, it's going to be the complete opposite of God. If God is good and a loving father, the devil is the opposite of that. You know, and you would think by now that we would have caught on. He operates by pointing out the things that we don't have. That's what he did to Adam and Eve, is he pointed out the things that they didn't have. And that's what God, I mean, that's what the devil often does to us, is he points out the things that we don't have. But let me tell you, the devil never reminds you of how, how many blessings you do have from God. He tries to manipulate you and twist your way of thinking, making you think that if I had a new truck, that if I had a boat, that if I had all these things, that if I had better clothes, that if I had a new phone, or, or if I just had what my neighbor had. But let me tell you one thing. If you're not careful that the devil will create desires in you that will never make you happy, that will never make you feel complete or content... You would just go from one thing to another. That is why so many people in this generation are just sleeping and going from one bed to another, one bed to another, because they're looking for something that they have been lied about and lied to. You'll never find your happiness chasing the things of this world. The devil wants nothing more than for you to worship anything but God. Next, our enemy is the great divider. Satan's purpose is to divide and conquer. He wants to split marriages. He wants to split homes. He wants to split friendships, sow division. He wants to sow racism. He wants to divide us through politics, through, through social media, through all the things of this world because the devil is the great divider. Revelation 12 says that even when the devil was cast out of heaven, he divided the angels and took a third of the angels with him. He has been causing the division ever since he was created. Genesis 4:4, 4, 4, he instigated and caused division in the first family, putting Cain against Abel. The devil is the great divider. He is opposite of God, who said, Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor. The devil does not know the meaning of unity, he has no concept of it. If you see something in your life and there's no unity, that there, there, there's no togetherness, that he is pitting you against people in your life, that he is pitting you against people that you go to work with, or you're having this, this anger and this desire to just be combative and to argue, know that that comes from the devil, because the devil wants to divide you and conquer you from all the people who are around you. If, if you God wants you to cause unity. And you have to know if there's division in your life, That that's coming from God. Uh, It's not coming from God. That's coming from the devil. Next, our enemy is the great destroyer. You can look in the book of Job. When God allowed Satan access to everything Job had, what is the first thing the devil did? He destroyed everything in Job's life. God gave him one opportunity. Here you go. Here's my faithful servant. Have free reign on him. And what did he do? He destroyed everything. He destroyed his servants. He destroyed his cattle. He destroyed all his finances. He destroyed his children, his family. He put people against him. He divided his friends. His friends came and just, you know, talked negative to him, trying to pull him away from God. What he did is Satan was the destroyer. He tried to destroy Job's life. But let me tell you, God restored everything that the devil took from him tenfold. With the Bible, we have been handed a playbook, how Satan operates. First Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians 5, 6 says, watch and be sober. 1 Peter 1, 3 says, gird up the loins of your mind and be sober. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, be sober, vigilant and vigilant, because your adversary walks around like a roaring lion, seeking to who he may devour. Sober is translated from the Greek. It means to be calm, collective, have good sense, good judgment, wisdom, be level-headed in times of stress. I remember when I was younger watching a documentary about lions And how it showed that the horrible attacks of how they would attack wounded animals, that they would attack separated animals, that they would attack babies, and these lions were ruthless. But let me tell you one thing about a lion that I've learned a lion's roar is only to establish his identity. When you hear a lion roar, he is showing his presence that I'm here and his dominance over everything that's around him. But when it comes to attack, he creeps around silently through the tall grass he lies patiently and waits for that one moment he waits for hours until within striking distance of the prey that's when he attacks he doesn't roar right before he attacks something lions do most of their i mean they do most of their hunting under the cover of darkness lions roar when they're walking around but when they attack it's always a surprise to the one being pursued And that is what's happened to a friend of mine. Things have been going so good for so long in his life that he let his guard down. And he allowed the ways of the devil to cause division in his life, to cause distraction in his life, and to ultimately try to destroy his walk with God. Because it was in silence that the devil attacked him. It was through those long nights sitting in the bed, overthinking things that were all against the will of God. As believers... We should not think that Satan is not roaring or drawing attention to himself or that he's not there because he has roared throughout history. His presence is known even if not seen. It is when we are wounded and alone is when the devil tries to attack us the most. But we have assurance against all of Satan's attacks. Because we know that Satan will try to attack us in secret, scheming, plotting ways, trying to put us against other people. There's no reason as a Christian that we should not be prepared for the attack of the enemy. And I want to remind you that the devil can never take your salvation if you were saved and born again. But all he can do is distract you and try to lead you off course. So don't ever think that the devil can ultimately take everything that God's given you. Don't let him put those negative thoughts, that guilt, and and, and try to cause division between you and your relationship with Christ. So we defend ourselves. We can look at Ephesians 6, 13 through 17. It says therefore take up the whole armor of God. This is the very first thing that we need to do as Christians every day that we wake up is we need to put on the full armor of God. And it says that you may be able to withstand in the day of in the evil day and having done all to stand stand therefore having girded up your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench the fiery darts of all of the wicked one and take up the helmet of salvation i did leave one out but we're going to get to that that's the sword of the truth so the first five pieces of armor that we're called to put on are all defensive armaments they help defend us against spiritual attacks these are just body pieces that we put on and they help all the darts coming at us to defend us against the devil By putting on the arm of God, we are demonstrating our trust in the Lord. We're trusting in his promises, his love for us, and the power that he has over our lives. These are how we defend ourselves. Our offensive weapons of how we fight back. We're going to look at Ephesians 6, 18 first when it says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. So it's telling us to pray in the spirit on all occasions, the good, the bad, all kinds of prayers, all kinds of requests. It's telling us to always be alert and even pray for others. See, prayer is the most is more powerful than we realize. When we pray, we are entering into the throne room of God and stepping into the battlefield. That is where the battlefield is. Is in the prayer room. Over and over in Scripture, we can see proof of answered prayer. Elijah prayed seven times. For God to end the drought, plaguing Israel. And on the seventh time, God sent rain. James tells us the prayer of faith will save the sick. James also tells us in in, in, uh, chapter 5, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. If we're not seeing answers to our prayer, maybe it's because we're giving up too soon. If you don't believe that your prayer is effective against your enemy, then it probably won't be. If we don't believe... How, how, how will our faith ever grow? Because faith comes before prayer is answered, not after prayer is answered. We're having the faith that God's going to come into our situation and that he is going to cause everything to work out for the good of his kingdom. Faith comes before an individual has received what he or she has requested from God. We are stepping out in faith and we're asking God to move on on, on our behalf. Prayer takes discipline. It requires persistence and perseverance. An unprayed prayer is an unanswered prayer. We need to pray in every situation in advance so the, so the devil would have no, no area to come into our life. If we can already see that, hey, I am insecure, Lord, I need this. Because, Lord, I know the devil's going to attack my weak spot. Lord, we're going to pray in advance. Lord, I need to pray in in advance for my family. I need to pray in advance for my children. I need to pray in advance for my church, for my pastor. I need to pray in advance for my neighbor. Because when we are praying in advance, we are already putting up a hedge of protection. Because the devil comes to deceive, to divide, and he comes to destroy. We must submit... All things to Christ before the devil tries to use them against us. Next, we fight our enemies with God's word. This is the sword of the spirit. This is the only piece of armor that God gives us that is offensive. It is the sword of the spirit, which is God's word. God's word word commands us and tells us and is our most powerful weapon. In Matthew 4, Jesus demonstrated this when Satan tempts him in the wilderness. Weak and vulnerable, the Son of God takes up this weapon with his words and said, It is written, devil. Amen. And there are some areas even in y'all's life that you just need to let, let the devil know that it is written, that you are not gonna, you're not going to take these things away from me, that you have no room in my life. That Lord, that, you just need to pray this thing. It is written. Amen. Matthew 4, the devil says, If you're the Son of God, tell these stones to come, become bread. Jesus answered, It is written that man should not leave on, on bread alone but in every word that comes from the mouth of God. Matthew 4, 6, 7 says, Well, if you were the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written. You see, the devil tried to say, Well, it's written because he tried to manipulate and twist Scripture to, to cause division between Jesus and his Father. He says, For it is written. He'll command his angels to, concerning you, and they'll lift you up in, your, in their hands. So that you will not strike your foot against the stone. But Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Matthew 4, 8 through 10 goes on to say, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Here it is, he's trying to tempt Jesus with the things of the world. All the things of the world will never fill the void in your life. It is only a personal relationship through Jesus Christ. Will the voids and the insecurities and the doubts and the fear ever ever be made right? And then Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Three times Jesus was tempted. And he said, it is written, it is written, and, it, and, and even you are. You, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Don't ever let the devil sow division. Don't let him try to destroy you. Don't let him distract you. Don't let him divide you from your family because we know the battle plan of the devil. He's had the same plan ever since he, he's, he was brought to this galaxy from, the, from God. He has the same bag of tricks. Nothing's new. God's book is enough. Jesus overcame temptation, not with special voices or some supernatural sign, but remembering and quoting Scripture. You know? We have to read it, we have to receive it, and we have to believe it, the Word of God. So in closing, you know, God's Word is an essential weapon in the same way that prayer is essential for our our attacking the devil. And in warfare, you need to always remember in 1 John 4, 4, it says, but you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won, in, won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit that is in the world. The Bible tells us that if we are in Christ, we have already won the battle. Our takeaways today, I just want to remind you, Know that Satan's plan for your life is to deceive you, to divide you, and to destroy you. Don't live in fear, because if you live in fear, you're expecting the devil to move. It is our faith when we are expecting God to move. I know fear can try to creep in our lives, but we have to put a hedge of protection against that. We need to pray in advance for the things that we are worried about, we are insecure about, because... We know that God's going to make everything right. The second takeaway... Is you get up and you be prepared every day. The moment you wake up and that sun hits your face and you're brushing them funky teeth every morning, you get up and you be prepared. You put on the whole armor of God. You you put on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness. You, You protect your feet. You grab your shield of faith, your helmet of salvation, the sword of truth, and you walk this thing out every day. You walk your faith out daily. You don't let nobody throw you off course. You don't let your temptations throw you off course. Just know that even if you stumble and fall, the Lord your God will pick you back up off the ground and he will just move you forward. Do not take two steps back living in the past. Yes, good. You wake up every day, and you hit the ground running, and you just share the goodness of God. And where there is division, the Lord will cause unity. Where there is broken relationships, the Lord, the Lord your God will restore them. Where the addictions and the sin and the shortcomings in your life, if you present them to God and pray in advance and protect yourself, the Lord will make it right. And finally, you need to pray. You enter the throne room of God, and you go to the battlefield, and you pray. You pray, you pray, you pray. You never give up praying because you have a direct lifeline to God. You know, an an unprayed prayer is an unanswered prayer. God already knows what you need, but he wants to build your faith. And you build your faith by by stepping out, and you cause uh, time in your daily life to pray. And I guarantee you the Lord will make things right that you pray about. All he wants to do is is have his children. He loves you. He wants to protect you. And he wants you to walk this thing out and bring the whole world to him. We are the moving bodies for the kingdom of Christ. As we close, I would like to close in prayer real quick. Dear Lord, we thank you for this time together, Lord. I pray, Father God, that you just help us, Lord, to see the attacks of the enemy in our life, Lord, in our family's life, Lord, our co-worker's life, Lord. I pray, Father, if we have a relationship with people, Lord, that you just help us to see the unseen things that the world cannot see, Lord. I pray, Father God, that you help us to restore, you help us to bring unity, Lord, where there's division, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you help us to cause togetherness, Lord. I pray, Father God, you use us as mighty warriors for this battlefield in a lost and dying world, Lord. And I pray, Father God, for special blessings and hedge of protections even in our life, Lord, and a hedge of protection over our family, Lord. And I pray, Father God, that you just give us the peace that we need and the joy that we need, Lord, and increase our faith, Lord, on a daily basis, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you help protect us in this lost and falling world, Lord. And help us just to bring people to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.